Get a shift on. Welcome to the Mary Do Podcast, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doc Two for the very first time. My name is Jake. With me are those couples: Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and our producer Terry. This week, taking a little detour from our first Doctor journey to go all the way to season twenty and watch Arc of Infinity air January third to the twelfth, nineteen eighty three. Before we get started, Cody. Uh-huh. It is time uh-uh. for your 40-second <laughs> plot synopsis. On your mark, it's a go. All right. The doctors float through space with Nyssa, I think. And then there's these two people on planet Earth who I think we should know, but I don't know them. And then they go into a crypt and, you know, they go to bed or something. And then the doctor merges with a thing, but he doesn't really merge. He just kind of emerges. But it was there's a traitorous council member back at Gallifrey. And Celery Man has been betrayed. His biological data has been sold. And then they go back to Gallifrey by force. And then they can't shoot anything, but they shoot back. And then he gets out. There's no problem. He says, Doctor, you're in trouble. And he's like, no, I'm not. But it ends up that he's not. But he is in trouble because they have the biological data. So they need to sacrifice him anyway. They don't end up sacrificing. The dude has a lot of stuff come out of his head while he's trying to transfer. He does transfer. And then he dies of diseases. I was trying to rush him along. (laughs) Um, He got shot. He didn't die of disease. Cody and tomato, tomato the 35th Doctor Who anniversary in 1998 Doctor Who magazine did a poll out of 160 Doctor Who stories at the time where do you think the Ark of Infinity fell wait wait we have questions before we answer this <laughs> okay is this isn't Tegan's first episode no Tegan left and this is her coming do back do people like Tegan I'm not going to answer that. That's not fair. We haven't seen the other Tegan episodes. Neither have any of the other people on the podcast. Yeah, but the people who rated it have, Jake. (laughs) Yeah, you haven't seen any of the episodes up until you watch them. 33, Jake. 33. Wow. 33. Okay, I will tell you this. The reason we did this is because the Centenary special is bringing back past companions tegan and ace so this week we're watching a tegan story so that you guys know who tegan is next week we're watching an ace story so you guys know who ace is so she's well liked enough that they're bringing her back for the centenary special or she's still alive so they're bringing her back for the centenary (laughs) special (laughs) oh no Thank you for still being alive, Tegan. We appreciate you. She's one of my personal favorites. We appreciate. I'll give you that. I can see why. Jake. So, uh, <laughs> um, Jill, same question. <laughs> you didn't answer it. <laughs> he said 33. Oh, oh okay. 52. Terry? 77. Sam? 40. Alex? Damn. I, I'm, I'm going 121. Hell yeah, brother. Have you seen the well, garbage we've been watching? 
Alex. Yeah. This is but, called but people this is called like Arkham Infinity. One twenty one is the Ark, so you're kind of close in title. Sure. <laughs> but Arkham Infinity is one eighteen. Alex wins by a landslide. Wait, wait. Did Jill guess? Yes, oh, she did. seventy something. Oh, that's you. right. Um, no, 50s. I listened to a couple doc- other Doctor Who podcasts today to kind of, you know, on my drive home from work, I like to see what some other people think. People hate this story. Mm. <laughs> like, there's, it's a lot of running. Are, okay, I, the la- it's a lot okay, of running. take the last episode out. Bro, episode <laughs> The last four. episode is so bad. You guys won't know this, but if you're a fan watching every story, there's kind of a lot of Gallifrey stuff, and people are just kind of getting bored of Gallifrey. For you guys, this is like your first Gallifrey story. So, And I actually, I like this story. I had a good time. This brings up a point that I want to say. I think I enjoy Classic Who more when we watch random episodes and not in order. Oh. I would rather watch the fourth episode of them running around four times in a row than anything from the first season again. But like, I think if we had a break from the first season and there was like, a, okay, now let's go watch this story. So it was like separated and like we didn't hate Hartnell and whatever. I think that would change it. Oh, I just hate old who as just as a general rule. <laughs> you hated so this you didn't, too? So you didn't like this, Cody? Oh, no, I hate old who. I figured <laughs> oh, no. like you liked the I figured one. fandom enjoyed this. Yeah, I probably did like the Pert Wee one. Wait, I will tell you, I like the seventies way more than I like the eighties. Yeah, I did like the Pertwee one. That one was great. <laughs> he actually said his name correctly. Pertwee. Pertwee. <laughs> if I were to rank the doctors, most of the time, Peter Davison, this doctor, would be the bottom of the list for me. Um, I I I don't know how <laughs> you guys only watch one episode, so it's not really fair to ask. But this is this is kind of a time where. The show is really kind of trying to change, and we'll get into all of this much, much later. But uh, the '80s, just like the the '80ness of it, the video, the the doctors, <laughs> like it's it's not the best. I, I've watched I've watched the '60s like f- all the way through like five times, and I still haven't even finished the '80s once. I thought the returning of a companion would really put it up on the list. Wrong. She's not a super well-liked companion. Oh, oh no. okay. <laughs> I, actually, can I read you a tweet? Please. I don't know, can you? Go ahead. Ooh, get him, oh, Jill. We usually do this. Terry, are we accepting We tweets? usually do this later. <laughs> I'll allow it. We don't ask Terry. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I asked people what they thought of this story. We did get a response from BT Flippity Gigget, our good friend, and they say... um. So stories that are heavy on Time Lord politics always get a lot of flack in the fandom. We could see that here, Um, including by me, lol. So I always forget how much I honestly enjoy it in small doses. Like, man, the Time Lords are dicks in this story. I love it. Top tier asshole bureaucracy. Plus Maxil. Um, Maxil, you guys might don't know that, but the the guy who's the big badass security guard, that's uh, Colin Baker. He's the sixth doctor. He very soon after the story gets cast as the doctor. I wrote that down. I was like, <laughs> oh, shit, it's that guy. It's that guy. Wait, uh, what, do- what doctor on... is this? The one. This is the fifth. fifth. 
Peter Davison. Colin Baker is the very next one after Peter Davison's time, and not too long after this story. Um, BT goes on, but we're here for Tegan. I really quite like her in this. I'll fully admit that I don't rate her very highly as a companion, but this is the beginning of her going from annoying to fun. Granted, she doesn't really achieve her final form until the team is her and Turlo, but this is the beginning of that transformation. We get to see how leaving the TARDIS temporarily has really let her come into her own, no longer dragged around on adventures where she mostly complains, but actively doing her own investigation. Now, this doesn't last long, but the taste we do get is a good indication of where Tegan's character is going from here. If Omega comes back to New Who, it should totally be in an episode inspired by slash adapted from New Fountains Audio Omega. That would be wild. I don't rewatch uh fifth's era very often so this was fun well thanks bt and thanks for actually like watching the episode <laughs> along with us that yeah that's super cool also can we just say omega i was gonna say no nope, it's omega do omega. we have to we're not omega you always tell us not omega. to talk about <laughs> accents but man that was really throwing that is me off not a british pronunciation of omega his character name is omega <laughs> And sometimes they pronounce it with an R. Enunciate it? Omerger. 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 100%. Okay, so what, what BT brings up and what why I wanted to read that tweet is that up until this point, Tegan has just been like an annoying complainer the whole time. Like her whole character is that like she she wasn't supposed to be there and she's just complaining and just wants to go home. Can't wait to get to so the then, Tegan era. <laughs> So when she finally does get home, she's like, peace, and then kind of realizes, like, oh, it was actually, like, pretty cool. And then she does have a change in character from this point forward. And a change in costume. She kind of had a, she was a flight attendant, and she had a flight attendant's outfit the whole time. And then from this point on, she gets to just wear a different outfit every week. That's what I would do (laughs) if I went on the TARDIS, is just wear my uniform every day. I predicted that that was the type of character she was because they're like, sure, you can come back, but you're going to do nothing for the (laughs) The entire first episode. She wasn't in the first episode. Or the first story in general. Like, yeah, maybe she (laughs) came up with her own stuff or whatever, but not really. The doctor's face when she said she's coming back was not an excited face. (laughs) No, and that's kind of... That's kind of the fifth doctor in a nutshell. Like, he he was just kind of put upon by his companions. Um, I think he does like Nyssa. And does he? Know, Terry, Terry and I watched the um, the making of documentary on the DVD last night. And even Peter Davison is like, oh, yeah, when it was just me and Sarah, the actress is Sarah Sutton. When it was just me and Sarah, that was great. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then even Sarah's like, oh, it was just me and Peter. That was great. Oh, no. <laughs> Yikes. Does does the doctor like Nissa? All he does is just yell at her, like berating her. All he her. does to everybody. It's insane. <laughs> but it's this it's this thing that kind of happens with the eighties doctors is that they're they don't ever share the plan. They always just have the plan in their head, and then when the companion's like, "Oh, let's do this," they're just like, "No, fuck you, you're an idiot." <laughs> no, <laughs> what they should the say tarts. is, what they should say is, "Hey, don't worry about it. I have a plan. So like, just play along." Or, here's some of the plan. This is what I need you to do. It could be like William Hartnell, where you just slowly talk and then say, Hmm? Oh hmm? my god. I didn't realize well, how much in, freedom in the we era, like that. The companions seem to like do things on their own. And sometimes those things are horrific murder. Yeah. But still. <laughs> I mean, I guess this in this one, 
Like, Nissa's she had some good. great form with that gun. Like, you know, uh, feet shoulder width apart, arms okay. out. Like, really. No one could shoot anyone except for Nessa. She's the only one who hit anything <laughs> the entire four episodes. <laughs> Just other... dead eye, straight in the middle of the forehead, headshot, boom, done. <laughs> only one. She's highly trained. Everyone else was shooting like seven feet away from the person, like not even close. She was like the princess of a planet. The di- giant dead chicken was pretty good with his shooting too. So what? one shot, one kill. Wasn't that like a transportation? Yeah, it wasn't even shoot to kill. It was here. I'm going to transport shoot you to over turn here. Into a zombie. It was set to yeah. stun. Come on. <laughs> it was set to transport. <laughs> okay, what so, is Nissa? Well, I want to refute. Sorry, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. I want to refute the thing Jill said about Tegan not doing anything. This is a story told in two halves. One half being on Gallifrey, and one half being in Holland, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. So in, yeah, <laughs> one half be, and one half being in Amsterdam, and that story has to be led by somebody. And I think she does a good job, kind of being the lead of that half of the story, even if that story doesn't start until episode two. I think her cousin's friend had a touched mind. He just seemed weird. Oh my god, he was just so bad. <laughs> I mean, both the cousin and the friend were just. Oh my god, so bad. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. The producer of this. Um, John Nathan Turner, he's the producer of Doctor Who for the entirety of the 80s. He he gave the writer basically, it ha- I want to take place in Amsterdam. I want Tegan to come back and there's got to be a monster. That's about it. And then they came up with, because it was the 20th anniversary. So every story in this season has something from classic Who in it, like older Who. So they wanted to bring Omega back. You guys don't know Omega, but he shows up in a 70s episode. And he's a, he's one of the Time Lords. We've talked about it in New Who. Kind of, there's like the triumvirate of Time Lords that created Time Lord Society. It's Rassilon, Omega, and the Other. The Other is probably the Doctor. We kind of get that confirmed in the Timeless Child storyline. So Omega and Rassilon basically created time travel for the Time Lords, created their society. And, uh... So Omega was brought back in a 70s episode. They wanted to bring something back from the 70s in this. So that those are the three tendencies given. So now he has to figure out, like, how do I have a story with Rassilon that has to take place in Amsterdam? And I have to bring Tegan back for no fucking reason. Like, why did she leave in the first place? <laughs> so this this poor writer was really put upon. And his original story was even more bonkers than this. But this is the best I could do. And even in the, the, the script editor, um, Eric Sayward, in the in the dvd was just like like why why are we going to amsterdam you can't do anything there like all we can do is just run around in the streets and that's all they fucking did yep truth why amsterdam like was there a deal with the city be like bring dr who to amsterdam i think they had a little extra money in the budget and they wanted to shoot abroad so they brought back tegan sorry (laughs) Ah, shooting abroad (laughs) You can cut that out. <laughs> Terry Done. begging to cut it out. <laughs> okay, Alex, you asked who Nissa was. I think he asked right? what Nissa is. 
Yeah, so she's she's obviously not human. She's smart, Correct. can run the TARDIS, yeah. and is mm-hmm. like so. But she's not a Time Lord. No. So there's a story from this same writer who wrote this one. Johnny Byrne, I think his name is. Um. Yep, Johnny Byrne. He wrote the Keeper of Traken. She is from the planet of Traken, and in that story. Her dad is taken over by the master who's trying to find a body because he's all out of regenerations. Ooh. And in doing so, destroys her entire planet. Ooh. And so she oh, leaves with shit. the doctor. So she, oh, so she's like the last of her kind soft spot deal. Yeah. Although that hasn't happened to the doctor yet. I was like, okay. wait, he's not the last though. <laughs> yeah. I like the character. Not sure about the actress. She seems super faded in every fucking scene she's in. <laughs> like just in blank, Amsterdam. Just blank-faced, like, yeah, I'm delivering lines. Terry, what'd you think of her outfit? Oh, man. I mean, it had a great silhouette and everything, but the patchwork velvet and the way they put it together, just the lighting in the TARDIS and on stage, like, it made it look like her left breast was deflated the whole time like she looked so <laughs> deformed maybe as a she's person. had some kids terry back off they're not always the same size bro wow. He's never seen this them one in real life. would be like a dinner plate <laughs> and the other one would be a grapefruit so <laughs> she had some issues oh no firm like a grapefruit the baggy <laughs> shoulders while we're on costumes, I think one of the kind of universally beloved aspects of this story is the costumes, specifically the Time Lord costumes. Yeah. Go Terry. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, just Can we do the... that for Halloween one year? Can we all be Time Lords? Uh, as long as I don't have to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Oh, my God. Just the the layers that they all had that they made them look just like statuesque in build and that they like i know that they complain about like the headdresses and that giant collar and how stiff it is and you can't really move but i actually really like that for their characters because it just brings up how like stick up the ass they kind of are and that they just are so rigid and don't want to bend to anyone else's ideas or anything and i think that works great for the characters and just the just like the braid work that's on there and all the colors is so vivid and just it works so well like i i just love them so much i really like the the lady that was on the council like her dress was freaking huge mm-hmm. and when she walked she looked like one of them russian doll dancers where like she just glides <laughs> it was cool Terry had a complaint because all the guys have like this um, headpiece on and she didn't um, because she's a woman. So and we were trying to decide while watching it if it was because that actress just has like a lot of hair and they're like, oh, we could do a really cool hair design. Or if they're like, you're a lady, you get a wig. (laughs) Wait, so she didn't she didn't have it when they all had it. I thought she had one. No, oh, she had like the big collar, but she, they all had a headpiece on. Yeah. Oh, and she didn't. I see. You see. I see. Like the 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 skull cap deal. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Which even if there was like some kind of motif just built into her hair to mimic that would be fine. But otherwise, it just looked like 
some rich pompous lady suddenly decided to be on the council and they're like all right fine denise you can be here <laughs> we have to have a woman or we're gonna get letters <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was my one i didn't okay. like about him but but what was tegan wearing and why was it two sizes too small uh because it was the 80s it looks and it was so uncomfortable were her boobs just really low or was that me <laughs> It, the pressure on the dress probably pushed him down because of all the running that she needed to do. It needed to be a secured top. Uh, so that's you, how they had to do it. If you look at any picture of my mom the year I was born, she was wearing this exact outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was born a month after this episode came out. <laughs> and that actress, um, whose name exists Janet Fielding uh, still has that haircut kept it short for all of time really so she didn't grow it out and then cut it like just short forever hey that's cool you find something that works you stick with it yeah why change also that mid-level length of growing it out not worth it no yeah it's a big <laughs> You got to go underground for like a year and a yeah. half <laughs> if you're going to go from short to long. I'm ready to talk about House of Dragons now. Hey, what's that podcast? <laughs> how, far, how, how far are you? We have watched every episode Okay, on well, Sunday night. In, in about half an hour, we can start doing that. <laughs> Give me stuff. Uh, did anyone uh, figure out who the uh, traitor chancellor was at any time no was there even like reasonable clues besides just seeing his fucking face well for us it was the only actor we've recognized or for terry and i when i say us when we're watching it we're like oh that's um that's michael goff it's clearly going to be him <laughs> oh so yeah. it was the only one who was the doctor's friend so of course it was going to be betrayal yeah well yeah or if you just looked at the back of the headgear thing the, the ribbon that was on it was his design on his yeah dumb dumbs oh <laughs> dang how could i have missed the ribbon but that that's the dude that played alfred in the 80s and 90s batman movies oh no like he's he's forever alfred he was in four batman movies that's wild i won't watch those batman movies either <laughs> oh <laughs> Those ones are good. Yeah. I really like the first three, and I will still watch the fourth one with George Clooney because it's so fucking bad. Oh, no. <laughs> Nipple Batman. <laughs> Nipple Batsuit. Oh, my God. But he washes his clothes. Oh, no, that's the third one. <laughs> <laughs> when Robin washes his clothes using karate. Oh, what? yeah. <laughs> so why did Colin turn into a zombie, but Tegan and Sarah did not? Because they weren't processed um, to yeah. do that. Yeah, they were trying to once Sarah Omega determined what well, because <laughs> they they got scanned by big uh, bald chicken, and then when that scan revealed that Tegan knows the doctor, he was like, "Oh, I got more important things for you." Ah, nice. Okay. Also, whoever was playing the uh, the synthesizer. He was playing to not lose oh. his job. <laughs> oh, boy. 
I'm, if if that's where we're going with this, I am so excited for when we get to the eighties. Oh. oh boy! Every second that thing was just eight bit tracking it synth music like you wouldn't believe. That and this, I just the special effects person is that Jordan Peele sweating gif. Where it's just <laughs> like the merge of the Doctor and Omega and all the Matrix scenes. The like, part where they're just floating in the blackness <laughs> and their arms are just wiggling about. And then the wiggling. The wiggle. Okay, and if you have the uh, subtitles on, it says wiggling intensifies. And that what? <laughs> killed me. Oh, on, no. On the DVD special features, like in the interviews, they talk about that scene. And they show a scene, like a behind the scenes of them doing that. And when they yell cut, they both just like go flat and just start giggling. <laughs> so like, this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> and then uh, Peter Davison is like, I felt so dumb, like sitting in that rig to float like that until I saw Janet. And then I was like, oh, I'm not as dumb looking as her. <laughs> they reversed oh, the polarity. Good. They reversed the polarity. Yep. That's how they do. The science fiction jargon that they use is such a crock of shit. I can't keep up. It's just like, it's like on Charlie Brown with the adults. You see, the cheese is psycho-diversified. That's what I hear it's when I watch It's funny you say Dr. that because <laughs> the, the first thing Peter Davison says in the documentary about this is, oh, I like this one because there's not a bunch of dumb sci-fi <laughs> jargon. It's actually really easy to follow. Holy <laughs> crap. That's nothing but sci-fi jargon. I'm an idiot. That's he, fine. He was I mean, attention. you guys don't know about the Matrix yet. That's something we will learn about in 70s Doctor Who. Um, so that kind of has a lot to do with it. I mean, we have seen the Matrix in Jody's era uh, one time. The frog? So you guys have had... No. Cool. It's in uh, it's in the one where the uh, Cybermen turn into Time Lords. Oh, like yeah. the Master traps her in it, and she just like escapes by you know trying really hard. But I I thought you guys might be excited to have a story. So the reason I picked this, I didn't want like a regeneration. I didn't want a Dalek story. I didn't want a Cyberman story. I wanted something that was just kind of middle of yeah, the road. Yeah, they know but what also... Cybermen are now. <laughs> Yeah. When does that but also, happen? I wanted, I, I wanted a story that kind of featured Tegan, but also I thought you guys would like that this was like a Time Lord story. Like you haven't had a story on Gallifrey ever, really, other than, you know, the the one with uh, Peter Capaldi. My really only points for this whole story is I liked knowing more about Gallifrey and seeing more about Gallifrey, and now I just like want to know more. Like the Doctor obviously has a relationship with these people that we don't know or have a relationship with. Well, and you may have noticed he knew the presidential code to get into that room uh, because the way at he one point, thought about it, that I was very confused. It was a long time. So we haven't gotten there yet, but he is at one point the president. Yeah. Oh, and we, we do get stories on Gallifrey with him as the what? president. The part about that, though, with the presidential code, where he was like, well, who got in? Like, someone got in. They're like, it's your code. Like, why doesn't he know that he put his code in? Anyway. It was the sitting president's code, not him. Oh, okay. The Barusa. I see. So, they they talk about the recall circuit, which is interesting. So, they can just recall the TARDIS. But is the recall circuit not... 
put back in now? They they right? fixed it to where they can't recall it for his yeah, TARDIS. I don't know I don't know if it happens again. But I do think it's happened in the past. But then obviously like in New Who, they can't do that. Well, in New Who they don't exist for most of it. Not all. Not all. They're all they're in a bubble universe, or the master <laughs> destroyed them, or I just thought that was kinda interesting. Yeah. And I don't know if they as such use the recall circuit in the past, but they do other way other things of like getting the doctor and being like, Hey, we need your help and we'll we'll see that as we get into the seventies, really. When we get into the seventies. Yay. As where we are now, they still haven't come up with the word Time Lord or Gallifrey or any of that shit. Or a good plot. <laughs> oh, no. Roasted. There's good plots, just because you don't like the production of it. <laughs> or the plot. Going back to Gallifrey. Um, I'm going, going. Going. Back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was kind of hoping to see more than just like a hotel lobby all the time for a setting but it was really pretty like the walls were great everything was great it just <laughs> looked very there are a lot of couches a lot of coffee shops yeah. lots hey. of hey, just corridors saying that because it's in color i mean maybe <laughs> <laughs> but the guards match the couch oh what else happened in this thing i don't know running in gallifrey the evil guy melted he did. Oh melt. yeah. He, he turned into a turned into an oozy boy. He was oozy. That was gross. Which he just turned back into antimatter. Was that what happened? He turned into no. like a fish. What? No, the doctor shot him, and then that like dematerialized him or something. He like oh, right, he right, started right. growing scales and turned green, and his hair turned red. Nah, that was that oh. was antimatter corrosion. It was the doctor <laughs> as a ginger. <laughs> no sci-fi jargon here. <laughs> I did think it was really interesting that they put actual fireworks on his costume for at the end there. Why did like... he run like that? <laughs> um, how do you run with a- antimatter corrosion on you? <laughs> I mean, probably not like that. <laughs> But for real, the fourth episode was 90% running. It Which was. Tegan can run. Like, holy crap. In heels, too. Like, she was just booking it. Jake definitely left us. Felt bad for everyone having to run. Like, it was just to show off Amsterdam. Peter Davison said in the DVD that he was purposely, because he's, he's in an outfit that's very easy to run in, obviously, and he was purposely not slowing down to make them have to <laughs> keep up with him. They're both they're both very tiny. They're both wearing heels. They're on cobblestone streets. Peter. That's mean. Peter. <laughs> he's like, if someone gets injured, we get a day off. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. I don't even want to be here. <laughs> What's with the celery, Jake? 
Uh, we'll get there when we get there. We're past there, Jake. <laughs> but we're there. You don't wear a decorative vegetable? Always. <laughs> Broccoli, f- to be specific. What did you just say to me, Jake? <laughs> um, we did at one point watch the Tenth Doctor Minnesota Time Crash, where the Tenth Doctor meets this Fifth Doctor, and David Tennant makes fun of him in very much the same way I just said. Vegetable. That was my best David Tennant impression. <laughs> Vegetable. Not bad. Pretty good. Ten you sold us. <laughs> Anything else, Terry? This is your last chance to say stuff that's going to get cut. Oh, Let's put it all together so we can cut it out all at the same time. Ready, last go. call, Terry. Uh... Pretty sure. Ooh, can we do the part oh. where we roast the, Terry's ideas and thoughts? Well, let him get them out yeah, there first. Okay, okay, we let's have go. to wait for him to talk. Okay. When he talks, we make fun. Oh. Okay. Um. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I I thought it well. Okay, it was probably bad, but I thought it was really fun that Omega was uh, because he's antimatter that he was reverse uh, color scale or like image when they for you first see him uh talking with the other chancellor i thought that was a fun play i don't know if it was just like a look what we can do and they just did it but i thought it was cool well it did it did like um add add to the humor of this story is the 80s ideas of what antimatter is mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh antimatter can't exist in this universe <laughs> stupid 80s people <laughs> Uh, and what was the field that was protecting them from the world that was breaking down? They had some other dumb word for it. Um, Jesus? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Was it the Matrix? Is that what was keeping no, him out? No, he got into the Matrix, but like when he was the human and he was running around, they're like, the blah, blah, blah shield is breaking down fast. Oh, oh! That was he was going to create an explode, or there's going to be an explosion that destroyed half the universe. Yeah, because he wasn't stable. What was the field that was protecting him? The field of his skin, the field of temporal grace. <laughs> Target field. Wow. <laughs> I don't. You'll just have to rewatch it to find. No, out. that's not happening. <laughs> not until we get there. Terry, is that everything? I definitely feel that Colin and the cousin were probably dating. Well, I think the cousin was hoping. He was just like, oh, what are you just going to sleep in your clothes? Like some kind of loser? In a crypt? <laughs> watch you, watch you. Get roasted. Now get naked. Yeah. And, take off you know, your boots. Like when, you're, when you're a kid and you take you're in your high school and you take your date to horror movies because you want her to get scared and like get all close to you and stuff like that. It's basically the same thing. Like, why else would you be sleeping in a crypt? It's like, I want to freak this dude out. So we, you know, we end up sharing a sleeping bag. Nailed it. I, but he, that but he's never a foot crossed guy. my mind. He's a foot fetish guy oh. who just wants them boots off. Oh, Give me them feeties. <laughs> oh, God. The way you said that. Uh. <laughs> I will say, Colin Baker, so the whole DVD and everything I've looked at afterwards, 
is the whole production, everyone's just telling Colin Baker to, like, stop overacting and to, like, chill out as the security guard. And I thought he was the best part of the story. Absolutely. <laughs> like, he's just, like, as camp as camp could be, which is exactly what the story needed, he is the perfect bad guy slash, like, not really a bad guy. I'm sure there's terms for that. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but he, I thought he was fucking awesome in this. And if apparently during rehearsals, like everyone just couldn't stop laughing at him for being ridiculous. But when it came time to actually shoot it, you know, he toned it down and he was great. You're talking about the secure, security guide on, guard on uh, Maxwell, yeah. Gallifrey? Commander yeah. Maxwell. The man who has received the reward of terminating the doctor. He definitely had those evil vibes. Yeah, dude. For sure. It's just his posture. You want some could have been casting choices? Don't see why not. I won't know any of the people. Don't know anybody. Yeah. So, Castellan, who was like the bad guy. I guess that was a yes. Or no, he he was the guy they thought was bad, but he was like the head of security who actually ended up just doing his job yeah classic considered for the role sir patrick stewart oh didn't get it wow um baby stewart peter cushing who played the doctor in two movies that we will be watching soon was considered for barusa the president um didn't end up happening and then for maxill which went to colin baker briefly considered was one future james bond pierce brosnan oh my gosh wow big names at the time probably not so big it must have been days before remington seal started i wonder why they didn't get the job like if they legit turned it down or if they like just failed their audition oh this is a year after remington steel started there's not a chance in hell they're getting pierce brosnan on this oh okay <laughs> like he was already be so like i watched uh 80s uh letterman with pierce brosnan recently and he they were like oh there's rumors that you're gonna be james bond and he's like ah, i can't really talk about it and he wasn't james bond for like 12 more years <laughs> like he did eventually become james bond but they were talking about it in the early 80s hmm you gotta lay the foundation, Jake. You can't just regenerate. <laughs> yes. 007. Now they're going. Now they're going young for the next one. So uh, Idris Elba, you waited too long. That uh, foundation has been laid. I, I think they want to go year one with Bond for the next one. Like a one year old. Are we gonna do like Academy year one or like year one after the Academy? I think those are both being considered. Hmm. Imagine a wild and untamed Bond. I mean, Just it will 100% be a person of color. Just laying pipe. Didn't you say that about the new doctor? No, you said it would be female. It is a no, person you of said color. it would be female. <laughs> I said it'll be female or a person of color. I thought it was going to be both. I thought it was going to be Lydia West, who was on this week's Graham Norton with David Tennant and... She's in another, she's in a thing that Stephen Moffat is making right now. So she's really in that Moffat RTD world. She's been in a bunch of shows from both of them. So I, I still think it's a possibility. Maybe she's just a little young and they're just waiting until the next changeover. Hmm. Okay, one last thing. 
Get Sorry. it. Uh, as an actor, I think probably the worst would be playing Omega when his head is oozing and he's like squishing his helmet in and stuff. How <laughs> dare you? It's like, I could just imagine the inside of it because I feel like that helmet was made of sponge at that point and you would just have that like syrup nonsense just also seeping in through the inside too. It just, well, that I would Gross. hate that so much. Well, the actor Ian Collier did say many times it is the most uncomfortable he's ever been in his acting career. <laughs> how did how did he breathe though? Through his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> hey Terry. Hey what? Who's your MVP? MVP goes to costume designer D. Robson. D. Cody, same question. Synthesizer player. <laughs> oh boy. Look it up. Tell me who it is. Incidental music. Roger Lim. Roger Lim. Roger, you don't know this, but I'm a huge Synthwave fan. I like your shit. <laughs> Roger Lim did an incidental music on eight Doctor Who stories and I have no other information about him. <laughs> but also I really like Colin and his zombie acting. <laughs> Comedy gold. Comedy gold. Born in 1941, appears to still be alive. Oh, good. Good for you, old man. I hope you moved on to the theremin. No, no, no. You don't move on to the theremin. You fall back to the theremin. All <laughs> oh, right, he moves on to three o threes. Sam, uh, costuming. D. All right, D. Robson. Yeah. Uh, Sam. No, you're Sam. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Oof. I'm looking through the cast, trying to be original. But I really just think it's costuming. These costumes. Um, <laughs> Alex. Colin Baker. Yes. He was great. The only correct answer. <laughs> Colin Baker is the MVP of this story. <laughs> yeah. Commander Maxill. Doctor, number six on your books, number one in your hearts. <laughs> Did we do, like, all tweets? We just had that one? Yeah. Okay. Just BT. No one wants to watch this garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's understandable. <laughs> but we do love BT for actually rewatching the story just to be a part yeah. of our dumb little show. So, because... Or so, the reason for doing this was so... You guys could be introduced to Tegan before seeing her in the centenary. On the plus side, there's also a rumor that the three 80s doctors are also going to be in the centenary, not playing the doctor, playing other parts. So if that happens to be true, then you have now seen the fifth and sixth doctors. So the next story, we're going to be seeing the seventh and we're going to be seeing another of the companions that is coming back. Her name is Ace. Ace. She's the Oh, it's a girl. It's a girl. I always thought Ace was a boy. Um, and so I 
this is the one I, I haven't seen very much of the seventh doctor. I've seen maybe two stories and I don't really know what to pick. So I'm going to let you guys choose between two stories. One of them is called the greatest show in the galaxy. One of them is called the curse of Fenric. There's, I don't know if one or the other has more or less of Ace in it, so it's kind of a crapshoot, but you guys get to pick. How are how are they rated uh, on the rating scale? Haven't looked. Don't want to give it away. <laughs> I'm just you can't cheat, Sam. <laughs> I mean, I'm purposely leaving out her better ones because, you know, I want to get to those when we get I to I vote them. for the greatest show because I... I'm thinking of Greatest Showman, so there's probably no going to be like shit, a circus Terry. or a We all knew that's something. what you were thinking. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm here. <laughs> because you're a basic bitch. <laughs> How many episodes yes. are each one? They're both four episodes. <laughs> that's also why I chose those. There are two stories of hers that are only three episodes. Purposely didn't pick them. <laughs> no, Jay! <laughs> but think how happy you'll be when we have them later. <laughs> what was the other one that Terry didn't pick? The Curse of Fenric. I will tell you, the two of them are not close to each other in the anniversary poll. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so pick uh -oh. correctly. We have, we have one vote for Greatest Show... I think Fenric is going to be the worser one because the greatest show has to be great, right? So you're picking Fenric? Why would she pick the worst one? <laughs> uh, content? I feel like it's going to be the opposite, though. Yeah, I, I'm still going to vote for Fenric. <laughs> Alex, can you give me a content? Content. <laughs> oh, it's been a while. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the shift at the beginning of the episode was the one in a long time, too. Cody, look. Cody gave me an evil eye when I did it. Alex, pick a fucking oh, episode. Oh, uh, greatest show <laughs> of whatever. Cody, pick an episode. Fenric. Jill, it's Candy two bar. to two. It's up to you. Oh, no. <laughs> look look at the second end on your clock. If it's before 30, pick one. If it's after 30, pick the other one. The greatest. Blah, That's blah, how blah. poker players play. <sighs> she picked the greatest. Gross. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Alex, give me... Since when do we agree with anything that Terry says? Uh, yeah, you're all gonna rue the day. <laughs> uh, clearly the better married couple. <laughs> oh, <Ooh>. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Fair. Fair. Oof. Yeah, I think we all agree. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that. Alex, do the suck. This has been Married to Who, our episode on Arc of Infinity. I'm after myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex. Thank you so much for listening. Please join our Twitter, Married to Who pod, and please join us next time for the greatest show of the galaxy. Bear, <laughs> <laughs>